It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is your Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres and Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. We are recording this at 12.05 on Tuesday afternoon. And Mike, we could not have chosen a better time to record because it means that we'll get to talk about the Marc-Andre Fleury trade. Yeah, we we usually record like 10.30, 11 o'clock is usually when we like to get up and get this thing done and, and, you know, the, the hockey gods somehow convinced us we should wait until noon, do it at 12 because they had something brewing for us. And now we get to talk about it. Mark Andre Fleury going from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Chicago Blackhawks. Man, Chicago has been all over the place this last week, making deals left, right and center. Yeah, there's a lot happening right now. Uh, Martin Jones being placed on waivers. There's Dougie Hamilton rumors. Um, of course, what's all the flurry thing. We're kind of just in the, we're in the eye of the storm right now, just watching everything go by us. Um, it's one after the another it's flurry's getting traded to Chicago and then it's, he's it's for nothing. And then all these other details that we're going to get into in a little bit, we're st- still kind of within it, uh, as we're, we're talking here. Um, but we are coming off draft weekend. I know I was on with Sarah and Vipato from, uh, from Lockdown Kings and the Lockdown NHL podcast yesterday. So if you want a, a full recap of what happened this past weekend and the Buffalo Sabres, of course, played into a lot of that with a couple of big trades, also big trades by the Vancouver Canucks and Arizona Coyotes, as well as the Chicago Blackhawks um, acquiring Seth Jones from the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was a lot happening over the draft weekend. We got into that on yesterday's podcast. So today... We'll look ahead to, again, what's happened here with these trades and also free agency, which is coming tomorrow, because that's the next item on the agenda in the NHL before we hit August, which will probably start to see things slow down. And then uh, September, we're back at it. I know I saw the Sabres preseason schedule the other day. So like last week of September, we're back on the ice. We're playing preseason games um, and uh, we're, we're rocking and rolling. It's a shortened off season. Does it feel like a shortened off season? Because it, it is by a little, but... I'm not, I, I don't know, maybe it'll depend once we get to preseason. Like, oh, it's preseason already. But as of now, I'm not, I'm not really sensing, or it doesn't feel different to me, you know? No, it, it gets definitely shortened. I mean, it's a whole month. You only really get two and a half months, I would say, of an off season, And, and now you get a third of that. Like, it's, it's going to be pretty right. shortened. And it'll be interesting because uh, the NBA had a shortened off season than they usually do. And and there turned out to be a lot of injuries this past, uh, this past year. And that's what a lot of the players were attributing it to was the fact that they didn't have an off season to get their bodies rested up uh, the, the right way that they usually do to get ready for a long season. So hopefully that doesn't become a, a thing in the NHL, but it's, it's something that I, when I first saw that hockey 
really was going to be going all the way through to like the early July. And then they're going to start up again as usual in, you know, mid mid ish September. That was the first thing that I thought of. And I hope that that doesn't become a storyline really um, the way that did in the, in the NBA. Right. And then one other quick uh, news item real quick, just to throw in here, because we've talked a lot about the Olympics and the summer games are going on right now. Winter games are next year. And we've been wondering whether or not we're going to get, the NHL players in the Olympics next year. We had a really good sign last week that the NHL schedule was going to be released with an Olympic break. Kind of another good sign, I think, yesterday that Team USA or USA Hockey announced that Mike Sullivan would be their head coach at the Olympics. And obviously, Mike Sullivan's going. They're imagining the players are going because Mike Sullivan is an active NHL head coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Um, do you read that the same way? Like, this is just another feather in our cap. Like, all right, seems like we're going. Yeah, probably, uh, which is a really good sign. Clearly something that uh, that all hockey fans should be happy about. I think we've been longing for best on best hockey since we last saw it back in 2014. So really excited about that. And that's definitely a, a positive sign that now, you know, even the I mean, they could just be getting their ducks in a row or they sure. could have an inkling that something's going to get announced. There's something that is going to be um you know, announce to the public rather soon. And, and yep. they're just making sure that they get their guy. And I would yeah, imagine yeah. that hockey Canada might do something similar uh, pretty soon. Cause it's, it's February. Like it's not even that far away. <laughs> right. All right, Mike, let's get into it because are you, I don't know if you're on Twitter while we're, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing Alan all Walsh. Man. Uh, yep. Alan Walsh. And I, I had to t- find the photo. I had to resurface that. <laughs> and I had to go out there and retweet the photo, but uh yep. Yeah, so Alan Walsh um, coming out here and, and Alan saying, Walsh, by the way, the agent for Mark Andre Fleury, for those that don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And hold on. If you have the tweet in front I have, of you, I have it. Yeah, I'll go ahead. So Walsh, Fleury's agent, and the picture Mike is referencing is of the playoffs two years ago where Robin Leonard was starting over Fleury. And Walsh tweeted a picture of Fleury with a sword through his back. Um, now he's taken to Twitter again to say, after, by the way, let's set it up. Let's set it up. So Flurry was reportedly being traded to the Chicago Blackhawks at about 1145 uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Traded to Chicago. There's like a minor leaguer going back in the deal, but really it's for nothing. It's his seven and a half million dollar cap hit going to Chicago uh, and the Blackhawks or the Golden Knights are not retaining any of his salary cap. So really it's a cap move. Um, and now Walsh is tweeting while Marc-Andre Fleury still hasn't heard from anybody with the Golden Knights, he has apparently been traded to Chicago. Marc-Andre will be taking time to discuss the situation with his family and seriously evaluate his hockey future at this time. That's in addition to uh, Jesse Granger of The Athletic, who reported that Fleury found out via Twitter. So, so far, it just looks like a really bad job of communication by the Golden Knights. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really bad look, man. Like the fact that the whole world knows, he knows, Flurry knows, Alan Walsh knows, and they still haven't reached out to him. Like that's just a bad like business practice. I mean, you got to think that like they've already kind of like screwed around with Flurry before. They know that there's been some tension within them. I just, I don't. How do you still not hear anything? Like it's been a half hour since this broke on Twitter. You would think that somebody from the organization would have reached out and been like, hey, look, like this is what we had to do. 
you know, your your contract was just a little bit too high for us. You knew that we were looking last summer and that we would be looking this summer. This isn't shouldn't be a surprise to you. Um, but look, this is what we're doing. If you want to go to Chicago, great. Now, there's rumors that he may retire. Uh, he's going to take some time to, to speak with his family. He, he may just up and decide, no, nah, I'm just going to retire. And uh, that would be just a whole nother twist to this story. But um, yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, I, I, I would be quite pissed off if I was him. Um, all that I did for that organization since I've been, since he got there and uh, not even a courtesy call to give you the heads up has to find out on Twitter is just, just mm-hmm. bad business, man. Yeah. Bad. It's, it's really bad, especially when that is like, when you think of the golden Knights, that's the guy you think of. He's the first face of their franchise. And if this is it for him, how do you let it go that way? Like, how do you not get ahead of it? How do you not even discuss with him beforehand that like, Hey, this is something that could happen. Whereas it seems like to him, it's just coming out of left field. I think it does make some sense for what Vegas wants to do by clearing that much cap space. I mean, that is a big asset, 7 million, not seven and a half, by the way, that they're going to be getting off their books. Um, but you gotta, you gotta be in constant communication with the guy when you're, when you're doing something of this magnitude and that player is the player involved who's meant so much to you. Um, and he's also like, he just won the Vesna trophy. I know like, you, you want this to be the way he goes out where he wins the Vesna and then his team, like in a way kind of backstabs him um, or goes behind his back is the way I really should say it. And then, and then like, that's it. Like he hangs him up. Like you don't want him to have to go out that way. Now, do you think that will happen? Because from his vantage point, I know he wants to be in Vegas. Um, He's the starting goalie in Chicago. If he goes there, I mean, Kevin Lankinen had a good rookie year. Uh, so it's not like it's going to be 60 games or anything for Fleury. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think he'll play enough games. He'll have a role on the Blackhawks. And I guess it's up to him and his family. But I, there are worse landing spots, I guess, than Chicago. Yeah, I think there's worse landing spots. But it, it seems like, uh, according to some reports I've seen, that like the retiring not necessarily the fact that he's been dealt away from, from Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like a, a family thing. Like, I don't think if he goes to Chicago for one year, he's probably not going to bring his family out there. And if he doesn't want to be around, um, if he wants his family to be around, he may just decide to, to retire. And if, if that does happen, there's a little bit of conflicting reports as to what exactly happens. It seems like, and according to cap friendly, that if Flurry does decide to retire instead of playing out the season in Chicago, his $7 million cap hit will be completely removed. Chicago will not have a cap hit charge due to Flurry in that scenario. But then the question that I have, which maybe this is something that you might know or that you've seen, is does some sort of cap recapture mm-hmm. go back to Vegas if he retires? Like that, I, I don't know. I was trying to look that up on Cap Friendly. Uh, and I could not find anything on it. Uh, and I have not seen anybody else uh, say anything on it. So I think everyone's in the same position as us where they're like, what exactly happens in that scenario? Cause I, I thought I did hear that the whole recapture thing may have been voided in like the last CBA or maybe because right. this is a different situation. I, I honestly, I, I don't know exactly. The CBA is so difficult. There's so many different nooks and crannies in there, but um, that would be something if, if they trade him away and then he just up and retires, 
and then like the cap recapture comes back on to Vegas and uh, you know, they, they end up kind of getting stuck with the bill a little bit. I don't anticipate that to happen. Um, mm. But uh, if that is the case that that would, that would be a big middle finger to a team that basically just disrespected the hell out of you. Yeah. I'm looking and like the most I have so far is a guy with 200 followers on Twitter saying that there would be a cap recapture. So at this point, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know. Um, so maybe, but you're right. There were changes in the CBA that I don't know if it minimized it or if it just got rid of it altogether, because there are still some that are hanging, uh, hanging around the league. Like I know Roberto Luongo uh, is one example of that. Um, I, I did. Uh, I think I just read uh, and I passed it now. <laughs> I did find something and it's, I believe it said that there would be no cap recapture. Okay. Which I, uh, I don't, I don't know why that would be the case. Yeah. I, the, why there wouldn't be a cap recapture. Yeah. Like, well, I guess it would like, void the trade and it would just be like, he's retiring. But if you have, but if you sign a, a player to a contract, right. Over 35 yeah. and they retire, like this is the whole point of having the cap recapture. It's so like you can't sign, you know, like a, a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who, you know, mm-hmm. you sign him to a, a three year deal at 7 million. And instead of being at a 7 million cap hit, you right. sign him you know, I, three years or eight years at 21 million. And you reduce that cap hit to like, three million dollars or less like right. 2.6 or whatever like that's the whole point of it to, to reduce that because if they retire before the contract is over then that recapture ends up on your cap so i don't know why they would be exempt or what the reason why this contract would be exempt because of the whole trade or because he decided to retire it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me right now um <laughs> and this is probably breaking news right you don't have all of the information but sure. uh, i'm sure by the time uh our wednesday group is uh is is doing their podcast the the locked on intro podcast they'll probably have more a little bit more of a clarity i guess on the entire situation but as of now it's just another question mark that we have for uh for this trade but i mean overall let's assume that he goes to chicago right Mm -hmm. let's talk about the trade for a little bit let's talk about what this does for the blackhawks i mean they went out they acquired seth jones um they trade away duncan keith and now they've brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. So they've made three big moves in the last couple of weeks, um, big-time moves for their organization. If Fleury does stick around, like, is Chicago – like, what is Chicago? Like, are they think... contenders? Because the whole point of what they're doing right now, I think, is to extend the, the Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays window. But right. it, have they done that is my question. I would say that they're trying to do that and maybe they're doing the best they possibly could to do that. But I don't think they, I think at best they're a playoff contending team that maybe squeezes in, but I don't see them as some contender, even with flurry, even with Seth Jones, I don't see them as some contending team. I think they still have a lot of depth issues. I think Flurry is a very up and down goaltender. And yes, he, it maybe it depends on what version of Marc-Andre Fleury you get, because this has almost been him throughout his entire career where he'll have years where he is one of the best goalies in hockey, like last year. And he'll have other years where he's like a backup quality goaltender that happened two years ago in Vegas when he was like 50th in the league in five on five save percentage uh, and the year that Pittsburgh shipped him out. So I don't know. Part of it, I think definitely depends on what version of flurry shows up, but I don't think that's a complete enough roster uh, for me to put them as like some contender in the league Uh, playoffs maybe, but I don't know. That's, that's how I think of them. What about you? 
Ah, oh, man. I don't, I, I, ah. I want to say yes, but that's only if like guys like Kirby doc come back and, and, you know, take that next step and turning into like a legitimate player. Um, like that has to happen to has got to come back and, and be a 40 goal scorer. Jonathan Tays clearly going to have to have bounce back uh, after taking an entire year off. Patrick Kane's got to keep being what he's being. And Mark Andre Fleury at the end of the day is going to have to be that Vesna caliber goalie that he's been the last couple of seasons, but we'll see, like, it's a totally different team. It's a totally different um, system that they played. The, you know, the, the defense is not really as great as it was in Vegas. I mean, yeah, they got Seth Jones and I like Seth Jones, but what else do they really have around that? They, they've got a couple of flyers, right? Like Steven, um, Ian Mitchell, who's a, you know, a decent player. Like there's just not, it's not a lot there. It, there's not a lot there, right? Like this was a rebuilding team. Like, this is what they are. This is what they've, they've been the last year and a half or so. Um, and it's just really confusing when you see them, the moves that they're making don't really coincide with that. And it's like, okay, now you're just going to be a middling team. You're going to end up on the outside looking in, or maybe you, you know, a first round playoff berth, but a first round exit. And then what are you really doing to set up your franchise long term? Like, that, that just. You know, I, I've always had more of a, a long-term macro level view on how organizations should run themselves. And, and I just don't, th- this is not like what they've done the last week and a half, two weeks right. has not really been smart uh, hockey building in my eyes. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. A word for Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you got the NBA, college hoops, the NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. For these Saber games, you could bet on the exact amount of which either the Sabres or their opponent will win by. So if you think the Sabres are going to win by exactly two, you can find odds for the Sabres winning by exactly two. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is the site. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked on. There's a lot happening right now, by the way. We'll get to some of those buyout stuff, but there's also uh, news from Jeremy Rutherford while we are while we are recording here. The Jaden Schwartz to Seattle appears done. Oh, uh, so the Kraken who saved all that cap space 
uh, in the expansion draft would seemed like they were going to try to be big players in free agency. And I can kind of get on board with that, right? Looking back now, it's like, well, why didn't you take, uh, why didn't you take price? Why didn't you take Tarasenko? Why didn't you take uh, one of Johansson or, or, um, or Duchesne? And this is part of the reason, like if you want to go sign Jaden Schwartz, uh, in addition to the guys you're picking up in the expansion draft, well, now you have the flexibility to do that. So I like the player. He's not a superstar by any means, but he's a good top six winger, and he has been for a long time. Um, so I, you know what? I like it for the Kraken. He's not super old, 29 years old. Uh, I, I don't know. Any immediate thoughts to Schwartz in Seattle? Yeah, I like it. I mean, coming off a down year, but uh, I, I do like Schwartz. They clearly need help on the wings, I think. Uh what Don Scoy and Jared right. McCann were set to be like their top wingers on the team. Yeah, right. That's, so, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they definitely need some help there. And I don't think they're done either. I think that they're going to be some, you know, they're going to be players in free agency. Yep. Um, um, Auntie Ronsa, by the way, also to Carolina sounds like that is done. Uh, that's oh. being reported right now as well. I love that move for Carolina. Ronsa has been a very underrated goalie in the league really since he entered the sport. I mean, he's been top 10 and five on five save percentage. He is coming off a down year though, but he only played 11 games plus the injury concerns. So it's not without its risk, but um, I thought Carolina, I, but you know what? Like I, I like it for Carolina, but I, I hated the, 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 the Alex Nedeljkovic move. So I it's almost a wash for me. That was a crazy crazy move actually yeah. the whole Nadelkovic thing yeah and and then even they they traded away Jake Bean for a second and just to quickly go back to to vet to Seattle sure um so two players who I think virtually almost everybody thought they should took an expansion um one was Jake Bean from Carolina who they opted not to take and take Morgan Geeky instead which whatever like I like Morgan Geeky but like Jake Bean to me is probably has the higher upside and clearly would have more trade value, which is why I'm bringing this up. So he was traded for a second round pick at the draft. Why wouldn't they have taken Jake Bean and then flipped him for a second round pick? A second round pick is far more valuable than Morgan Geeky. And then you take a look at Jacob Borachek, who they didn't take in the draft, who they very well could have. Instead, they took what Carson Twiniski or whatever his name right. is yeah. from Philadelphia. And the thought process of there was like, oh, we don't want to take on the cap space. And that might be too difficult to trade. Well, they flipped him at the at the the draft for Cam Atkinson, who is a lot cheaper, and I think you know a decent trade. I would take Cam Atkinson at like five and a half million dollars, whatever his cap hit is, something around there, five and change, over a Carson Tourniski, and have yourself a decent wingers. Now you've got Atkinson and Schwartz on the wings. And you start to build out your team that way. So you know, just to quickly go back to 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 Seattle and the draft. You know, I think there was some mistakes that were made because they were just too conservative. And I don't think I don't I don't I don't really understand why they did what they did. They, I feel like they didn't extract nearly as much value as they could have. And a couple of players that they left on the board, theoretically, ended up getting dealt a week later or days later, actually, for decent assets. And, and Seattle missed out on, on that boat to me. Um, what else do we got in the league today? Uh, there might be five more things by the time we're done recording here. Well, let's, uh, here's, a, I know we're kind of going back a little bit here, but in terms of Marc-Andre Fleury, 
Yeah. Um, because we just keep reacting to all this breaking news. I guess we didn't quite. Connor Garland, five years, four point nine five million, just happened too. Right. It's just ha- it's happening. <laughs> breaking everything. <laughs> I, I have thoughts on that deal as well. But let okay. me let's finish off the flurry conversation really quickly. Sure. We talked about what this means for for Chicago. We haven't really talked about what this means for the on ice product in. Right. Vegas. We talked about how this makes them look like a, a, you know, a crappy organization and that there's a bunch of um, idiots that work there that are just, you know, not nice people. But as for the on ice product, look, a lot of people I see are getting, you know, their panties in a, in a, in a bunch here because they traded him for nothing. How do you trade a Vesner caliber goaltender for nothing? Are you kidding me? They didn't trade for nothing. They got $7 million in much needed cap space, which is massive for that Vegas Golden Knights team uh, because they're right up against it, like right up against it. So they get all that cap. And this is where I think Jack Eichel talks can kind of re-engage. And you've been on that train a little bit and we talked about it. And my biggest issue was they don't have the cap space. Like unless they're able to move out a Marc-Andre Fleury, I just don't see that happening. Well, now they've moved them out. That cap is off the books. Now they can probably figure out a way to make Eichel's money work. Do yep. you think as a Buffalo guy that, and I've heard, uh, I heard yesterday that a trade, I think he said his, his agent said that he believes a trade uh, could be imminent. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could be what they mean? Like there's a flurry trade is close to happening. They're close to opening up the cap space in order to swing that massive deal for Jack Eichel. I would consider at this moment in time, Vegas, the front runners. If you made me pick one team that he'll end up on, I think I would pick the Golden Knights because the Sabres have not been happy with the market that's been out there right now. And I've always talked up Vegas as that team that could say, I don't care the market is low, that we need to get this guy at all costs because they've been the team that over and over has gone for the big swings whenever they have holes to fill. It's Pacioretty and it's Stone at wing. It's Petrangelo on the blue line. It was Leonard when Fleury had a down year. Like they've always gone big to try to, to fill in the gaps. And Chandler Stevenson is your second line center and William Carlson is your number one center is not what you want in your top six as a Stanley cup contender. And Jack Eichel would immediately satisfy that number one center role. And the injury questions are starting to die down a little bit. Of course, we still don't know, you know, if he's going to end up having surgery, I think that's seemingly less and less likely The Eichel's back skating and training. So it seems like it's trending in the right direction for him playing even maybe at the start of the year. And if I'm Vegas, Like that is my final missing piece. I think to being like a Stanley cup favorite and winning a Stanley cup. I don't know if I have a hole if I go trade for Jack Eichel. So they, they also at the same time, like they have the prospects, I think to get this done, they have a very good prospect pool. Peyton Krabs, who was like a mid first round pick has had a ton of good development since he was drafted. They just acquired Nolan Patrick. So that's a young piece they could throw in if they wanted. They have a couple other prospects. They're highly rated. Um, so I don't know. I, I love it for Vegas. And like you said, the big hang up was cap and they still would have to make some room. They only have uh, no, actually, never mind. Cap friendly is updated. So $12 million in cap space. So I'm sure just to have some space, they might want the Sabres to take back. Like uh, even if it's something like a $2 million contract um, off their books, just to give them a little bit of flexibility to do other things, but they could trade for Jack Eichel right now and not send salary back. And to me, that pushes them to the front. Yeah, they they wouldn't have sent salary back. And I don't really know. um, Well, there's a report here that there's an Alec. I I think I read yesterday 
um, that there is an Alec Martinez deal that's kind of in the in the top drawer. Okay. Uh, so that salary, because as of now, he's still like a, a, a UFA. Yep. So that salary would get added here, which I think most likely would put that over. Um, but I mean, I think if you're moving, if you're making a trade here anyways, you're probably going to move on from somebody. Um, somebody would have to to be in the deal um, yep. to, to get that player. So, you know, it, it may even be like a cap dump, not really a cap dump, but like someone just to make the money work. Like maybe like, a, what, Riley Smith. Yeah. Like a Riley Smith. Yeah. That's exactly who I was going to bring up has one more year left on his deal. Buffalo could even flip him again at the deadline. Yep. That's something that could work. Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely, I think I would agree with you that at, at this point, now that we've seen the money open up for Vegas, I, I'm with you with, I believe that they are the front runners here for Mark Andre Fleury. All right. Any more breaking news happened the last like two minutes that uh, we were... <laughs> <laughs> other than Connor Garland signing? Uh, no, that's yep. Vancouver four years um, or five years just on, wait, sorry, let me get the contract back up. I think it was four years, just under $5 million. Yeah. 4.9. So it's yeah. Five years, 4.95 million. And I mean, I like that. I, I think that's, that's pretty good, uh, pretty good value for a guy like Connor Garland, who's been trending upwards over the last couple of seasons. They picked him up last week at the deadline uh, or at the, I keep calling it the deadline. It basically was because yes, yeah, there yeah. was a billion and one trades, but picked him up uh, uh, on draft day, technically. Um, along with OEL, they gave up a bunch of anchor contracts and the ninth overall pick to make the deal happen real quickly. I get who won that trade for you actually, because I, I still don't know for Vancouver and uh, Arizona. Yeah. I liked it for Arizona. Honestly, I I'm not, I think that's a hefty price to pay for Ekman Larson and Garland is a nice player, but the ninth overall pick, like, I don't know if I would have wanted Ekman Larson on that contract. So it's, it's not, it's not a blowout because Vancouver also, I thought did really well to get all of those big contracts off their books to kind of even that out a little bit with short-term cap space. Um, Um, One, they all had one year left on the deal. Right. So like long-term cap space. Yes. They took on a, a big deal. So I'd go Arizona, but I mean, if you think of it from Jim Benning's perspective, I guess it makes sense because because they need to win. They (laughs) They need to win right now. And this should help them do that. I I think it will like this season. Absolutely. You you add a top six guy in Garland. I like the deal on its own, actually. Five years just south of of five million bucks. I I really like that number for Connor Garland. Um, But it's funny there was this discussion when the trade went down that, Oh, Vancouver got rid of all this dead cap and they opened up cap space. Actually what they did was they added cap space when all said and done. Cause he got, Oh, even at a reduced cost percent, which uh, Arizona kept still costing them $7.26 million in cap. Connor Garland at 4.95 million in cap. So between those two, it's 12.21 million. But Erickson, Roussel, and Beagle was twelve million, so it's not that. I mean, it's an extra two hundred ten thousand in cap. But again, I kept trying to say this to people, and they're like, "Oh, but they opened up some much-needed cap space to sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen." Like, no, they didn't. They still got to sign Garland on top of that, and now they actually have less money. Granted, the players that they replaced that twelve million with are actually usable, unlike you know Erickson and, and Beagle, <laughs> but. It did not help when it comes to re-signing what is to believe to be the core, the young core of the Canucks. And that's, 
you know, long-term outlook, that's where I, I, I don't think the Canucks are winners here. And then finally on today's podcast, uh, we got some big names that were placed on waivers in Martin Jones, goaltender from the San Jose Sharks, Braden Holtby, goaltender from the Vancouver Canucks, and James Neal as well. Uh, of those three, are you more surprised by one than the others? I think Jones maybe was surprising to me just because of how long that buyout is for. I mean, I thought they would have just wrote it out. Maybe there was a lot of discussion um, online. I saw that like every day it seemed like, you know, Sharks fans were hoping to see that Jones was put on, uh, was put on waivers for a buyout. And eventually it, it came today. I, I don't think I was that surprised to be quite honest with you. Um, but apparently the, he's a, an interesting ad potentially to, to keep an eye on for the Maple Leafs. I guess that that's a guy who they're willing to pair up with Jack Campbell. Um, which would be interesting to say the least. So we'll see. I'm trying to think if there was some overlap when he was in LA with Jack Campbell and maybe they're, they were former teammates and, you know, friends at, at some point, I suppose I could quickly look that up, but uh, Martin Jones to me is probably the one uh, who has, I would say would give me the most interest. I think Brayden Hope is washed. Um mm-hmm. And I was curious as to why they couldn't find a trade partner for Holpe. I thought at like, I think it'd be cost, uh, even if they retained at 50%, the cap hit would be 2.15, but his actual pay this year was like 5.7 million, which was a lot more than what he was actually, um, what he was being uh, capped at, Mm. which was 4.3. So they actually save a lot more money in cap savings by buying him out than they would have by retaining half his salary, which I thought was interesting. So kind, I guess somewhat of a smartish move for Vancouver in that regard to open up cap space. But I mean, now they got to go out and, and get another backup goaltender with Thatcher Demko. So is what it is. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say any of those three really like tickle my fancy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And I think I'm, I'm again, I'm scrolling Twitter. I'm looking around for anything. And uh, I think we're at, man, that was a roller coaster. It's like one after another. We're just taking shots from all over. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, I mean, you might have five other things that have happened. So here's the, here's the structure, the breakdown of the Connor Garland contracts. I guess okay. we could talk about that. Um. So 3.75 million this season in, in actual dollars, 4 million next season, and then 6 million the following three years when the cap is expected to go up. So that makes sense, right? So they're hoping that uh, by the players are hoping that three years from now, the escrow is a lot less and that he can keep more of that 6 million uh, that, you know, he, they have to give up more now for escrow, no signing bonuses. So it's completely base salary as well and there is no trade and no no move protection which is so key because the canucks hand that stuff out like candy (laughs) so the fact that uh jb didn't give anything up and i think his first year or two as an rfa couldn't get anything anyways but even like the years that they bought up as ufas there's there's no protection on that either so uh that's that's a, a positive sign so overall um that's a uh, it, it alone, like as a, a, a good signing, it's a good number. It's a good structure. Uh, it's got no protection. That's a win for Benning, but 
but as a whole, what they gave up to acquire Garland, um, I still, still not a big fan. The fact that they had to bring in that OEL contract, like about an OEL hater. I still think he's probably a top four defenseman, but how much longer is he going to be a top four defenseman for? We, we typically see defensemen fall off at 30 years old, right? Yeah. That's about the, the breaking point. Um, that depends. Some, I think there's more defensemen than forwards that, that, uh, that go past that. Um, but anyways, for Garland, I, I, it's a good deal. I like the player a lot. It's not overly expensive. Uh, I was less a fan of the Ekman Larson part of that deal, honestly, than the Garland part. Yeah. So Vancouver, by the way, same Stanley cup odds as Chicago plus 5,000 at bet online. I wonder if that changes with, uh, with the flurry news. I would bet it. Ooh, I would how imagine much, how much would it though? Would it vault them up to the next threshold is plus 4,000 with Winnipeg and Nashville. Yeah, I can see that you could, you could talk me into them putting Chicago up there with, with Nashville and Winnipeg. Well, the, the thing with them, right. Is like, they have a winning pedigree. They, they do know how to win. And there's something mm-hmm. I think that, you know, like that, that says something, right. Right. Like they have the Tays, they have uh cane still around, Flurry obviously is is a proven winner, um, so th- they have guys who've won before. So I think that definitely yeah. can put them up a peg uh, a little bit. All right, real quick though, I do have one question for you. I don't know if you maybe we should save this for our own podcast and, and use it as a tease. Okay, but did you see a a rumored not really rumored deal a proposed deal by a uh, staff writer for TSN.ca surrounding around the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. No, I did not see this. What was it? What, what was it? Should we tease this and bring people to our own shows? Let's... And then we could do this as a locked on Leafs, locked on Sabres crossover, perhaps let's, let's do that. Uh, because I'm, I'm already itching to see what it is. So yeah, well, <laughs> if you want, so I imagine anyone listening would be too. So if you want to check more about this, we'll, let's do a little crossover locked on Sabres locked on Leafs. Uh, so that's going to do it for this edition then of the Locked on NHL podcast with Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano. I'll talk to you on Friday. Me and Mike will be back on next Tuesday. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.